In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet with a host that took a nap this afternoon because there wasn't a pay-per-view for once. <laughs> I am your host. You're not the only, uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, when when has this actually been something that I cared about being true? I'm just asking. I've never actually cared about it. In, in the career of, Yeah. I am your host, Detective Mark Sparks, joined <laughs> by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Pabe. What's going on, man? How are you? Uh, I didn't take a nap this afternoon. I'm a little tired. Thanks. Show off. <laughs> also joining us from up north, JLB RRCMP. What's going on, man? How are you? Check to check, check, check to check it out. What JLB is all about. Uh, it's it's going good, sir. It is going and going. And we're making drafts. Um, I guess uh, our draft was a little bit more um, interesting since we did have NXT involved. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll certainly get to that. I'm doing good, guys. I'm doing good. Glad to be here once again. So I'd like to remind everyone that Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatness Co. Podcast Network. So once you're done listening to this, and of course, liking, sharing, and subscribing, uh, head on over to tatnessco.com and check out the other shows on the network. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, do that. So so the big news, I guess, for this week um, is the draft. So I'm sure at least some of our crimes are going to fall off on the draft part one. Um, but I'm sure there's some other things to talk about, some interesting things that happened in wrestling this week. Um, so let's just go ahead and get into the crimes. Um, does anyone want to go first or should I just jump in? I feel like... Jump- I accidentally exposed you um, in our pre-call, so I'm going to have to let you go first <laughs> so I don't steal your crime. Well, so so to do that, we'll just go ahead and start with me then. Um, my crime is related to the WWE draft. The WWE draft. Specifically um, I, like that. Yeah, I specifically said it that way. Um, I'm I'm filing all the charges, all the charges I can on WWE breaking up the New Day, um, and specifically even on the way they did it. By having Xavier Woods show up, uh, finally back from injury after a long time, team up with Kofi, um, win the SmackDown Tag Championships, and then, oh, by the way, you're headed off to, to Raw yeah. right now how they did that very i i get the idea they want to push biggie without any distractions of the new day completely understand that for sure but very weird when the titles hey you're going to rock like what that's probably my biggest part with it is is having them win the title you know yeah i I, again i i personally think that was that was in an effort to make it so they didn't have to bring Big E along, but that still ruins the the only company that, that adheres all the time to that Freebird rule is WWE, and now they're not? 
and and while I, I see where you're coming from with it, the rules specifically are that uh, teams counted as one pick unless the the both general managers air quotes uh, agree <laughs> to split up the team. So all they would have had to say is that SmackDown chose Biggie, um, and then Raw chose the rest of them. They wouldn't have had to have them win the SmackDown Tag Champion. Or um, you could do it on Raw. You could have avoided everything by doing it on Raw. Because then it's more like, oh, what happened? They just won the titles on SmackDown, da-da-da. You know? At least give them that day to, like, celebrate and whatever and not... Hey, Steph, I'm out here. I know you guys are still in the ring, but guess what? You're going to Raw. Like, what? It's just totally... I feel like, is there going to be a feud between the New Day and Stephanie? Like, no, there's not. But I feel like it... It That's what was it... That... that eh, I can't talk. That's what it was there for. I feel like it was a good feud moment, but it's not going to be any feud there. So it ended up just being kind of pointless. Yeah. And that's, that's my thing. Now, I have a suspicion... And I have a suspicion based off of uh, rumors that I read are on the internet prior to the draft. Um, and the rumors specifically said that they were planning on splitting up the New Day with Big E staying on SmackDown. Um, but th- this is where they differed. And I kind of wonder if they're still not going to come true. What they differed was they said, and Kofi... And Xavier going to Raw, but Kofi also appearing on SmackDown as Big E's manager. And I could actually see them doing that. Like, like not Kofi, Xavier, excuse me. That Xavier would continue to appear on SmackDown as Big E's manager. So Kofi and Xavier on Raw. Xavier shows up on SmackDown as Big E's manager. And because Xavier's always been kind of the mouthpiece of the New Day, I could see them kind of having it be like Xavier figured out a loophole in this whole thing that if he signed on as Big E's manager as well, he could be on both shows to kind of keep New Day together, but at the same point, separate. Well, I think you could also do, I mean, you could exploit the Freebird rule here and just be like, no, we're still we're still a group, so we show up for each other's stuff. Yeah. Sorry. Well, and that's the deal is, I mean... <laughs> Technically speaking, as long as Big E's not wrestling on Raw, yeah. you know, for he tag, can still show for up. For anything other than tag. And for tag, he can show up. So, but still, it just works right now during the whole COVID setup. But yeah. when they start traveling and they're in significant yeah. different portions of the I country. Just, for, for me, the problem simply comes I'm all down. I'm 100% down with Big E getting a singles push. I just still don't think they need to break up the New Day for that to happen. No, they didn't, they didn't do it for Kofi's push. Yeah, yeah they didn't do it for Kofi's push. Uh, they they didn't usually break up the shield for Roman's pushes on on championship. Sometimes they did because Seth would turn on them and change. But that's beside the point. That's storylines, you know? And this was just like, ah, we're going to fuck half of this team off to, to uh, Raw. To a to a well received team, that's the this is this is the same as every time they fucked off uh, uh, Rusev. He's well received in every storyline you give him, except for the first one you guys wrote him. Everyone he's presented, or somebody that he works with presents, and you guys give the okay with home run. 
every single time, including Lana and Lashley, which is a horrible storyline to those of us on this show. It still was selling to people for some reason. So I don't know. I just, I mean, in a side charge for this, my side charge is uh, that the draft also was um, in some ways very predictable. And I think still will be, I think, on Monday when when the raw side of the draft happens, we'll be like, oh, yeah, no, I saw that coming. Oh, I saw that coming. Well, and like, they, they very well made, you know, put Biggie back in with them Monday. Well, yes and no, because they're, they have the draft-eligible pools, and so the New Day was only supposed to be eligible on Friday SmackDown. And I can read you the, the people who are on the pool for, for Monday, um, and officially it doesn't have Big E on the list at all. Now, that doesn't mean there can't be a groundbreaking trade or something like that, because, I mean, they can make up the rules. But again, this happened last year. They made up rules, and then they broke them, and we raked them over the coals because we're like, why make up a rule if you're going to plan on it going the other way anyways, right? Like, we're not twisting your arms to say this one way or another. Just make the rule so that it makes sense. But, but for this, the the way I say it was, it was um, predictable is, uh, the second pick for SmackDown in the very first round was Seth Rollins. And in the third round, they picked Rey and Dominic Mysterio. Because of so or steak, dude. <laughs> I was like, they, yeah, Seth Rollins, great. We don't have to see the storyline anymore. Bam. I'm like, why? What do you mean? No one likes the storyline. Yeah, because heaven forbid we let Rey and Dominic Mysterio uh, stand on their own and fight against someone else for a while and maybe make a better storyline. No, let's keep them going this stupid storyline with Seth Rollins that nobody likes. Um, and then, because of that, I was not surprised two rounds later when Murphy got picked to SmackDown. What? Yeah. Well, I don't remember seeing that. Okay, snap. Jesus. So, like, suddenly you're like, oh, looks like they, yeah, they did all of that storyline. So they're just... They're just cutting the storyline out of Raw and sticking it on SmackDown, and it's not going to fucking change. And we're still going to be like, ugh. The only upside is, because I don't get to watch SmackDown live, um, I can fast forward through it now when I watch the replays. Now, were you calling it SmackDown Live? No, or SmackDown, comma, live. Live, okay, just making sure. Because both would be relevant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought I'd ask. But, um, and then... You know, speaking of it being predictable, comes to we were talking a little bit because with New Day being the SmackDown Tag Champions, how are they going to handle this with them now being on Raw? Well, oh, geez. In the second round, SmackDown chose Bianca Belair, who we all know in real life and in storyline, they've made it part of the storyline, is married to Montez Ford of the Street Profits, who happened to be the Raw tag champions so i'm gonna go on the record and make a bold prediction cotton that uh the street profits are gonna get fucked off to smackdown on monday did, did you did you you just yeah you just quoted um uh yeah. dodgeball yeah dodgeball of course yeah, just making sure. Mm -hmm. making sure good quote bro good quote that's a bold strategy cotton let's see if that plays out for him <laughs> 
So, um, so yeah, that that's my thing. Is is I just don't think you need to split up the new day. If you want to make Big E a star, you can make Big E a star without splitting up the new day. I don't see anything that the new day brings to the Raw tag team division. Um, that couldn't have been filled with pretty much anyone else. Uh, I don't know. A tag team. Well, yeah, but the SmackDown tag team division is just as short, right? Especially now, officially, they've got one less tag team. Um, and so, you know, we've uh, the the uh, Cesaro and Shinsuke, uh, Miz and Morrison, those are the only tag teams left on SmackDown. Are they are they uh, consolidating tag teams? Do you think the the entire tag division to one show? Um, I can't that, rule it that, out. Long run. Um, yeah, I can't rule it out because Miz and Morrison and Cesaro and Shinsuke are both on the eligible for Monday list. Well, and um, they're 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 uh, yeah. I mean, those are tag teams that could easily. Could more easily be separated than I don't know. Eh, ducky, ducky, ducky. You say that. I know. That's but... what I'm saying. They've already separated the two. <laughs> yeah. Uh... That's what I'm saying. Like those those ones can more easily be remo- be separated than that group could have, and they've already done that. So, so I don't know. I mean, I I just like I said, I'm gonna predict that the street profits are gonna go to SmackDown. And that's mostly because we know they like to keep the the couples on the same show, if at all possible. Um, doesn't always work out that way, so it's not a guaranteed, but I think it's a likely. Here's my bold prediction. Becky Lynch will end up wherever Seth Rollins is when she comes back. I, I would say that is very likely. She's not on the official list because, you know. Well, she doesn't need to be. You're a waste of a pick. Not because she's a waste, but because like she's not going to be here for like another eight yeah. nine months. Uh, yeah, there's there's points that you don't really understand how pregnancy works, do you? Yeah, I was going to say, um, have you taken a biology course recently? Because okay, asshats, I know she's getting, I, I I know that she's delivering in December, so I'm saying eight nine months because she clearly has to then take care of the kid and not just going to leave it to like. A maid to do so, not a maid, but a housekeeper to do so. Um, so that's why I said eight, nine months. So screw you guys. I'm taking this win and this statement and going home. Pretty sure, though, that like even six months is is probably going to be short. She's a professional wrestler, and they take a lot of hits. Mm-hmm. She's going to have to get back into ring shape, and that will take a while. I'm going to say a year at the earliest. Okay. Damn. Okay. I mean, yeah. from now, and and probably yeah. more like WrestleMania 2022. Oh wow. So, okay. Or surprise entrant in in Royal Rumble 2022. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that that's my crime. If we want to, we can continue to talk about uh, the the draft, or if someone else's crime is also draft related, we can move on to that. Mine is not. Well, it's draft ish related. Draft adjacent. Draft related. Uh, I don't know yet. <laughs> Perfect. We're uh, ah, way to come prepared. Let's let's so let's put a little break in here so that if we have to move one of these to the end, we can. 
because when when JLB comes unprepared, we really don't like to close with a really really bad one. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that happens. When he comes prepared, they're usually bullets. But right now, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's lights out sometimes. But when he doesn't, they're <laughs> paintballs. So just you know, maybe put a note in there so that you can pop in and be like, JLB's. We decided it sucked, so we moved this one to the back. We'll just leave it at that. Um, and now I'll go ahead and give my crime. Why in the bloody hell does Tucker still have the the Money in the Bank briefcase? Just have him go and lose it or win it or whatever. Or not Otis. Tucker. Otis. Otis, yes. Why? 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 It shouldn't have happened to begin with. Now they're breaking up the team. What in the hell is going on with Otis? Well, yeah, no, that that plays directly into we've talked before about WWE's lack of long term booking. Um, they literally were like, hey, let's give the money in the bank briefcase to the fat guy. Why? I don't know. It'd be funny. Um, and then, well, this are is we going gonna... money in the briefcase, money in the bank briefcase? This is how you create your next star. This is where Edge came from. This is where Dolph Ziggler came from. This is where Jack Swagger came from. This is where, and and again, I know that one of those minimum, you guys are going, ah, yeah, but he really isn't a top tier star. I understand Tucker's not either, or uh, Otis isn't either. In fact, Tucker's probably more than Otis. I don't know. Otis is funny. I see Otis becoming a top-tier star in the same way Rikishi became a top-tier star. Um, Who never won the title. Yeah, that doesn't. you don't don't have to win the title to be a top-tier star. Um, But in in the end, no, I get what you're saying. I think it's just they didn't have a long-term storyline. And then they were developing one, and then they randomly decided to put Mandy Rose on Raw for... And maybe that's why they moved him over there, so that... Oh, Otis stayed on SmackDown. Tucker went to Oh, I thought he was the one that moved. Nope. Crime and Alley. Yeah. So so Otis is still on SmackDown with the Money in the Bank briefing. I mean, they're doing this whole storyline with uh, Miz suing him for the Money in the Bank briefcase and and all this, and who knows how that's going to end up. Um, I would assume there's going to end up being a match, a winner gets the money in the brink briefcase match um and Miz is gonna schmoz into it maybe i don't know i i just i i cannot see him as a singles competitor at all and and i try to see mid carters as high-end singles competitor this dude is gold in the tag division well, I mean, I think some... it's like all of the due day is both gold in the tag and the individuals division. They're both they're capable of doing both. Otis is gold in the tag division. But that's also partly to also because of the chemistry he has with Tucker. Um, exactly. We haven't necessarily seen him a lot as a singles competitor. So by saying that he's garbage as a single competitor, not really fair. Didn't say he was garbage. Yeah, thanks. That but... he's not gold. <laughs> I don't see him anything as a, as a... gold is garbage. Okay, Smarks. <laughs> anything right. not no. gold is garbage. I'm garbage. Perfect. Thanks, bud. <laughs> well, you know, if garbage is garbage, garbage, calls garbage, garbage. <laughs> well, that would mean I'm garbage too. So you know, it's yeah, exactly. We're all garbage. Thanks for listening. Let's... Talk to you later. It's a pile of trash. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. But no, uh, for sure. Sorry. Go ahead. I just, I don't understand why we are beating this dead horse of, of a guy who maybe will be a title contender. Um, I, 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 I can tell you in my humble opinion, he is not main event ready at all. Well, I don't know what that and, means. But. And, and ultimately, some of it comes down to if he's ever going to cash in his money in the bank briefcase, he's going to have to do it against a big guy, right? Yeah. Uh, which is not Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is, is jacked. I'm not saying he's not. But no one wants to see Roman Reigns versus Otis. Some people might want to see Braun Strowman versus Otis. Mm. Yeah, that's a big hospital battle, you know. Um, but I, you know, I I don't I don't see a whole lot of people that I want to see against Otis. To me, I think the Money in the Bank briefcase is another one of those uh, that is best used setting up a new heel. Yes. Um, you look at all the best Money in the Bank winners over the years. They were ones who used it sneakily. Miz. Miz. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even necessarily saying he's one of the best of all time, but Seth Rollins, when he cashed in to win, sneakily. It was all sneaky. Yeah. Uh, same thing with Edge. One money in the bank. Edge, very heel. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, that's the way it works the best is when you have a heel champion who can uh, cash it in. And I mean, even even when uh, the women, you know, have had the money in the bank, the successful. Mello was a heel. Yeah. Mello was a heel. Uh, 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 Alexa Bliss won it and cashed it in that night as a heel. Bailey. Bailey, heel. And that's where it works the best. And so I think. I think it was probably a miss mistake to have Otis win it because it's really hard to get behind a face. And who's going to be a face the whole time? Like, I just don't see his personality here carrying heel at all. Yeah. It's yeah. He's, he's probably not going to carry heel at all. And then I'm going to, I'm going to stop really quickly to warn uh, you guys. I just had the lights flicker here. So the storm looks like it's about to hit. So if you guys lose me, uh, that's why. Okay. Um, But anyways, uh, no, I agree. I, I think what would probably be best right now is, and this might be what they're leading to with the whole Miz uh, lawsuit angle is a, for lack of a better term, second chance Money in the Bank ladder match where, uh, say, Miz gets in it, say, Big E gets in it, say, a couple other people, and Otis. And Otis has to, for lack of a better term, defend his Money in the Bank briefcase because that would allow you a second chance to put it on someone else who could use it better. Yeah, you can. I mean, I think the solid grounds there is that he never climbed the ladder, and that's a contingency to winning the Money in the Bank. Maybe. I don't know. But who knows? We'll see. But no, I agree with you. I I think uh, I agree with you also on I don't think Otis and and Tucker should have been split up either. Um and not not because I like them as much as the New Day or all of that, but they are they are we're peanut butter tag team division work better at a tag team. Yes. Well, we're also incredibly tag team division thin. Mm-hmm. Incredibly tag team division thin. Yeah, super thin. Not so, like Otis. No, not even like Tucker. He he's not exactly a thin guy no, either. He's not a low guy. You know who uh, is though? Kofi, who got screwed. Yeah, yeah. Nine seconds. 
<sighs> Come on. I got one. Oh, you got, got one, one now? <laughs> yeah. Come up with one? Well, let's I... see if it's shit, so I have to move stuff around. All right. So, I'm <laughs> there. Uh, time stamp it just in case. Um, oh, no. I had one. Okay, oh, so yeah. You're going to go first. There's, there's <laughs> our, our segment for that. <laughs> All right. So, um, I am basically just bitching about WWE just dropping storylines. I accuse WWE or I file a charge of WWE for dropping storylines. Um, the biggest one, okay, we talked about the hacker, which I guess they could kind of still revive with. Time uh, out, Mitchell. time out, time out, time out, time out. Yeah. I'm all excited for you to do this one. We can do that. But I, I really, really think that, that it's only fair. You had one of the best rants I have ever read about professional wrestling in my life. Uh, most Bailey? of the day Friday. No, most of the day Friday. You can light up Chris Jericho all you want, but I was kind I of expecting that, that to be the one. I think that is a very good closing segment if you want to do it. Yeah, okay, well, well, remind me, this was on Facebook I rented? So, on the, uh, yeah, to, on the messenger that we have as a group, um, you went off on, and I didn't touch this because I thought you'd go here, and, and it is a good close. Okay. You went off on Chris Jericho tweeted a little something something at mm. uh, one Kyle O'Reilly and oh, O'Reilly yes. and okay. one Finn Balor. You want right. to light up Chris Jericho. You want you have an opportunity to light up the goat as legitimately as I've ever seen. Okay. And and I'm all for it. I mean, we've talked in the past about WWE dropping storylines and how crappy it is and how they dropped Kane and how they dropped other ones and those were good drops and how they dropped bad uh, ones that weren't shouldn't have been dropped. This is one that is time sensitive and if you want to use this I know we, yes fans sometimes or yes jurors, sometimes we do talk about wrestling outside of the podcast uh, and we obviously forget he didn't come in prepared but this is one you have a point on and if you want to bring this case I'm, I'm all for it boom say no more <laughs> fair enough because that's a good one and uh, I'm down to talk about that so for my case I am charging the man who was recently celebrated for having 30 years of professional wrestling under his belt. Um, and since he has 30 years under his belt, this is a guy who has pretty much done and have done has done everything and anything in the wrestling business. So you would think one would, you know, be more um, what lighthearted uh, or understanding. Understanding. Thank you would be more understanding for when a certain wrestler gets injured. Um, <clears throat> so, to put it all into a little context here, a fan had messaged, tweeted Chris Jericho saying, O'Reilly and Finn Balor, I'm paraphrasing here, O'Reilly and Finn Balor, that is a kind of a match you should do. Or if you want, I, ha I have the tweet open in front of me. Go right ahead. He specifically said, take notes from O'Reilly and Balor. And you might as well say what Jericho said. Chris Jericho responded, sure, how to fuck each other up during a match so they can't work again for months. 
Hashtag smart wrestling. Hashtag donkey of the day. Hashtag why to moron. Hashtag whatever you want to put there. Okay? Hashtag 30 years of in the business, but doesn't know when to shut his mouth. Hashtag a true Canadian, but a true asshole. A bunch of stuff I could say. Jericho, I get that you want to troll the fans and you want to do all of that. And I am down for that. The people that want to bitch at you about WWE and whatever, and you want to go troll there, call yourself the demo god to make fun of WWE and all that. Cool story, bro. I am down for it. No problem. That is all fun. But when you were making fun of this fan, you also intentionally were making fun of a wrestler you have wrestled against, Finn Balor. O'Reilly, I don't think he's ever fought. But whatever. You would respect someone like O'Reilly, and you just completely blasted them in the process, whether intentionally or unintentionally, just to kind of give a jab to the fan. You ultimately made it. Uh, very personal i would think to those wrestlers because clearly they didn't want to get hurt either you know finn balor wasn't like oh well today i'm gonna wake up and break my jaw because why not um mistakes happen things happen in the wrestling ring it was a phenomenal match in two places just so we know about finn oh in two places fair um so it was a phenomenal match could they have maybe perhaps been more safe sure um, but you know, at the end of the day, that's what a wrestler is. You sometimes sacrifice your body and sometimes it ends up in injury. Um, they try to be as safe, safe, safe as possibly they can, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. Now, especially when, you know, you want to make fun of WWE for that, because that's your jabbing at WWE there, right? But Jericho, you have a person in your own inner circle, pardon the pun, who has hurt Matt Hardy, um, who almost gave Matt Hardy a concussion. Do, am I going to go and blame you? And 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 blame, well, I'll probably blame Guevara. But am I going to really go and say, oh, well, Guevara doesn't know how to work. It was a mistake that happened. We're thankful that nothing had happened there. What if Matt Hardy did get injured and he was out for a few months and so on and so forth? Would you go then, oh, well, uh, Matt Hardy, uh, you know, you should probably be a bit more uh, better in training and so on and so forth. You have those same exact people in your own wrestling federation. Hashtag hypocrite. Hypocrite. Like, what are you, especially when you know these guys, I imagine you have Finn Balor on your phone. You've chilled with him. You've talked with him. He's obviously not going through a good time right now. And mentioning this tweet just makes you seem like a why to asshole for no reason this wasn't just bashing a fan this was bashing a friend this was bashing wrestle wrestlers work ethic when you should not be saying anything once oh ever because you have people in your wrestling federation that you're currently in who do crazy stuff who thankfully haven't got injured but may i say darby allen Darby Allen goes bazonkers in the ring. Thankfully, he hasn't gotten injured and he uh, is keeping it safe and so on and so forth. But mistakes. So I am charging Jericho for being a wobbling, bubbly idiot. Oh, hashtag little bit of the bubbly idiot. I like that one too. Um, and yeah, so, and on your third year 
wrestling anniversary of all that to go and bash one's wrestling etiquette is uh just very shameful and uh, sad day to be a canadian folks because i felt that was extremely disrespectful you want to play on friends but to be told i think they kind of just got to cut with that now focus on your own product don't worry about others fans will troll that's what they're there for and that's what they want they want you to say something just don't do it. and uh i think jericho should just completely stop things tony khan i would think would have to get involved because jericho way too far for no freaking reason jlb rant out so yeah that crime solid um did we lose smarks there no, I'm here. I was just uh, holding my tongue for a moment because I do have a slight rebuttal to it. I, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I, I think this is going to be the most court casey of all of them because I've, I've actually seen these two banter back and forth. I'm going to go ahead and let you you uh, rebuttal. So, Objection. and I think <laughs> here's my rebuttal, my counter argument to this. And some of it is, is reliant on um, you have to take some context with this. Chris Jericho was one of Chris Benoit's best friends. Right. Chris Benoit spent a career uh, doing high-risk things to try to please the fans, putting his body through absolute hell to try to please the fans. And we all know how that happened, what ended up happening from that. Chris Jericho, like you said, just celebrated 30 years in the business. You don't make it to 30 years in the business without learning how to be smart in the ring, right? No, but and you so, do make it by having going on tour every four years, so you can only have to work one year out of five. There's, there's definitely some of that, and that's at least worth talking about. But the simple fact is, the other thing he learned to do was he learned that sometimes you have to not go so hard in the ring, right? Keep in mind that this is not the first time that Finn Balor has come out of a championship match injured and forced to miss time. This is this is a guy who has a history of I want to take this to the next level and and go hard in the ring for this. And and that's not sustainable for a long career. And if anyone knows how to make a long career sustainable chris jericho is at least one person you have to listen to right for sure. and so so that's where that hashtag on that hashtag smart wrestling comes from right you you keep in mind that chris jericho trained with lance storm lance storm had a long career not quite as long in ring as chris jericho uh lance storm retired from actual wrestling a while ago he still trained people for a long time but actual wrestling but lance storm went basically his entire career without ever hurting anyone um and i think you could probably count on one hand the amount of times chris jericho hurt someone in the ring we talked at one point just a second we talked at one point about a match that he had with kurt henning mr perfect where he botched a lion salt he didn't get enough spring on the lion salt and Kurt Henning was able to spot it and be perfect and save him from a potentially devastating injury, right? Chris Jericho does not want people to get injured. If you read that tweet like he's saying, I want people to get injured, or they're stupid for getting injured, that's not the intention behind it. The intention is 
that wrestlers have to learn how to be smart with their bodies. Otherwise, they will have very short careers. And you point to Darby Allen and you point to Sammy Guevara and and the Matt Hardy situation. And I think he is pointing directly to that as well. I think he's saying that this is an example of wrestlers who try to go so hard to please the marks and put on these five-star classics are shortening their careers and and not wrestling smart. The simple fact is that Matt Hardy bump off the, the scissor lift uh, at Double or Nothing w- shouldn't have happened. Or was that All Out? All Out shouldn't have happened. Someone, the veteran in that group, Matt Hardy, should have been smart enough to say, hey, it's not a good idea for me to take a 12-foot fall bump off of a scissors lift through a table on concrete. Maybe we should do this a different way. Matt Hardy was also the one, the veteran out of that group, who chose to restart the match to go and do that final bump uh, for for Sammy Guevara um, instead of just letting the match end the way it was and then figuring out the storyline afterwards. That's not smart wrestling. Uh, and we all, all of us smarks out here, after that said that was not a good idea. That shouldn't have done, right? So all Chris Jericho here is saying is that We shouldn't listen to the smarks so much about what makes a good wrestling match because a unsafe wrestling match is inherently not a good wrestling match. And so when you come at a wrestler saying you should take notes, especially a wrestler who's been doing it for 30 years, you should take notes from O'Reilly and and Balor. um, I think it is a valid point to point out that As good as that wrestling match was, it was wrestled unsafe enough that both competitors are going to miss time. Because in the end, us as fans are not served by wrestlers missing time. I, as a Bauer fan, am not being served now because he will likely have to miss six months as he rehabs his jaw, right? And so not, yeah, I got a great match out of it, but now for the next six months, I don't get to watch my favorite wrestler on WWE TV because he's going to be out rehabbing this injury. Kyle O'Reilly is one of my favorites. I think he's phenomenal. His selling is phenomenal. Fortunately, it looks like his injury is not as severe, but he is still going to miss time because of this. And it's all because they went so hard to try to please the fans, right? Them going so hard even robbed us of the finish of the match because they were both injured. Finn Balor called the ending early, right? So we didn't even get to see the match as it was intended to play out, right? Because they went so hard. So again, this is not an example that we need to be putting forth to our younger generation of superstars to say, hey, these are the people, this is the way you put on a match to to, to be good. Keep in mind, I would still say that probably the best match that I've ever writ- uh, I've ever witnessed was Kazuchika Okada versus Kenny Omega, right? That match told an entire storyline and neither party got injured in it because it was a safe match. It was smartly planned out, smartly choreographed, smartly executed. And because of that, Kazuchika Okada and Kenny Omega probably have longer careers ahead of them 
than these people who put their bodies through this hell because your body can only take so much of this, right? A perfect example of talking about this is Roddy Piper. In an interview at one point, Roddy Piper was asked, are, are you angry that you don't have some sort of retirement savings uh, set up, that there's no 401k for wrestlers or any of that stuff for you to cash in on after, uh, after you retire? And Roddy Piper said, are you kidding? Do you think I'm going to make it to 60? And he was right because he put his body on the line so much that he knew that he shortened his life by decades. That's not smart wrestling. And no one ever said Roddy Piper was a smart wrestler. He was a brawler. He took a lot of risks for his time. But he shortened his career and he shortened his life because of it. So I would argue that Chris Jericho's uh, statement is not about bashing Balor or O'Reilly, but saying, hey, these are two wrestlers who felt that the only way to please fans was to go so hard that they both knocked themselves out for months and that's not serving the fans and that's not serving them and that's not being smart as a career right uh i could i could try to go so hard in my career that that i have massive success one month but shorten my career span because i'm pissing off customers or or whatever you know or breaking so many of the rules that they're gonna fix things to change things in the end it shortens my career and it doesn't serve the audience or the customers in this case so that's what i think he was saying to this smart that tweeted at him um you know saying hey listen just because it was a great wrestling match on the surface it injured two people and i mean uh, a fractured jaw in two spots is not a simple injury right chances are fairly great that he's going to have to forfeit the nxt title because he's not going to be able to wrestle for six months because of it and, and so now we've got this title that got won by killer uh, by uh carrion cross excuse me and then forfeited the next day because he got injured and then was won in a tournament by uh finn balor and forfeited after one defense match right does that help the title does that help storyline for nxt does that help storyline for wwe does that actually help the product now two of your best three if you count kyle o'reilly three of your top stars in nxt are out because they all felt they had to go so hard that they got injured right that's not smart wrestling in my opinion and uh that's not smart for their careers and it's not smart for nxt it's not smart for wwe and uh, i would argue that it's not the example that you need to you want to look after and emulate okay so i agree with what you're trying to say but that tweet is not him being subtle about it with when he wrote sure uh what was it i just had it up uh when he said oh geez louise sure how to fuck each other up during a match so they can't work again for months hashtag smart wrestling there you go so i took it as very condescending now look yes i get it he has been safe but he has also been in issues where wrestlers have gotten injured on his raw uh, on his watch triple h tore his quad sure that had nothing necessarily to do with jericho triple h just kind of fell badly or whatever have you um and yes the whole history between balor getting injured uh 
I guess the last time was the uh, when he had to get rid of the championship. But that, I believe, was... Um, I think that was due to the... Something with the turnbuckle, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, uh, too hard. Shoulder injury. Sh- shoulder injury when he got buckle-bombed into the guardrails. But again, that can simply... Uh, that can be taken down to two wrestlers going too hard, right? Trying to trying to pull out too many stops. And one of them being Seth Rollins, who I think you would have a hard time arguing is not one of the better wrestlers in the world. But it doesn't matter how great you are as a wrestler if you go so hard that you're injuring people, right? Um, Who's he injured? He's injured Finn Balor and I guess Sting. Thanks. Right. Which, yeah. Um, and one of them was a career-ending injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I still think it's Diggs, and and I don't necessarily, and I don't, and I don't think he's going after Guevara or whatever have you, because he was strictly talking about that NXT match, because that's what the fan was bringing up. If he would have mentioned, I don't know. Obviously, it's a tweet. There's only 120 characters. He can't go into a big thing. He just wanted to just wanted to respond with a smart aleck remark. But at the end of the day, I don't know. He could have responded less cocky about it because it is a serious uh, subject. His He was too cocky. Okay. With this the- is the Ayatollah of rock and rolla. He is literally, literally a rock star. You expect right. him to not be cocky about something? Have you ever listened to his podcast? Have oh, you ever yeah. listened to any of his interviews? He's yeah. a cocky son of a bitch. So you don't ex- you expect him to suddenly for a tweet be like, "Listen, here's the deal. We're not gonna do that because these." No, of course he's gonna he's gonna react the way he is. That's his character. But in the end, in the end, he was responding to someone that says, "You guys should take note." based on this specific match and he said no we don't want to use that as an example because look at how bad it turned out for these two people um right you would have worded it that way i would have been probably down for perhaps we're just going semantics but it really looked more like a cocky jab that didn't need to be in character here because if he said something in terms of just trolling the fan i am down for but it's still very insulting to fellow wrestlers that he has been in the ring with and has worked with did him and finn balor when they fought did they either of them get injured no you know so what finn balor it it sounds almost to me like he's saying finn balor is ultimately completely reckless completely like he's i I would argue that he's pointing out that in that match, both Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly got reckless and injured each other. I think that's the the evidence already supports that because in one match, you had two people get injured by the opponent, right? Right. Both of those injuries took place uh, based on a move the opponent did to them, period. So, So in the end, the fan said, take note of these this match because uh, holding it up to this high standard and he responded in the way that you would expect him to respond right you would not expect him if you know anything about his personality you would not expect him to respond in any other way than yeah jackass sure i'm gonna i'm gonna take note of this match that injured two wrestlers and kept them out of the business for months 
right? That's a great thing, right? That's exactly the way he's going to respond. And of course, he's not going to mention the Sammy Guevara and, and uh, Matt Hardy or, or Darby Allen this because they weren't brought up in the tweet. The tweet, the person who did the tweet didn't say, hey, Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen should take note of this match, right? That wasn't the tweet. The tweet was, take note of this match, as in this. And I feel that his tweet is more about sending a message to younger wrestlers that, hey, this sort of a match might look good, but it's going to shorten your career and it's not the sort of ideal that you're looking for. And if I was Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen, I'd read that tweet and be like, you know what? That makes a little bit of sense to me. Maybe I should talk to Chris Jericho, who's been doing this for 30 years, about how I can be safer. And here's the deal. Keep in mind, safer doesn't necessarily mean less spectacular, right? Because Dr. Luther, who wrestled against Chris Jericho on Monday night, a match 30 years in the making because they've both been around that long. They said, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but a match 30 years in the making, they've been around. Dr. Luther is a deathmatch wrestler. Yeah. Dr. Luther bleeds in almost every one of his matches, right? Because he gets put through plate plate glass or down on thumbtacks or, or light tubes smashed over his head, right? So he wrestled in some of the most spectacular matches that people are entertained by, and he still has a career 30 years later because he wrestles smarter. Because half of this this thing is, is keeping yourself healthy enough that you can continue to participate in the game, right? Um, if you watch football, American football, there's a constant thing. Every year you'll have some player who comes out of college and he's going to be a star. He's right. spectacular. And then he gets injured and he misses half of his first season. And then he comes back the second season <clears throat> and he starts to play really well. And then he gets injured again and he misses the rest of that season. And then the fans start saying that he's injury. RG3. Hmm? RG3 is a perfect example, right? <laughs> he's injury prone, right? And then no one trusts him. Uh, none of the teams give him another shot because they know that when the when the weight is on him to perform, the chances that he's going to get injured right when they need him the most is high, right? And in RG3's case, it turned out to be true. But some of it was because RG3 felt the pressure to perform so high, so hard, that he put himself into bad situations and he did not play smart. Right. Yeah. And in retrospect, Finn Balor has always been put in that high situation. We have history repeats itself. World title. He went really ham, won the championship. This one, he already had the championship, but didn't even have it for that much longer and uh, had injured himself. Um, well, I mean, or O'Reilly had injured him because they went so hard. So in retrospect, I do get that what Jericho is saying there. And sure. It, it makes absolute sense like they just i get the hashtag with smart wrestling but at the at the same time just i feel like also like you've been in the business for 30 years but you're also not doing the types of stuff that these guys do the only high-flying thing jericho really does is the moonsault 
or lion the salt. Uh, the uh, lion salt. Uh, lion salt. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, and and every so often he jumps out of the ring, kind of thing. Finn Balor does heck of a lot more maneuvers. Uh, he's very versatile. He does a lot more high flying stuff. Same thing with O'Reilly. Well, ish. Um, so, so completely different fighting styles. So completely different. Time. Completely different fighting styles. Yes, right. So, so let me ask you a question. Um, do you see Finn Balor still wrestling in 20 years? Yeah, I don't. I mean, not if he gets his jaw broken every three months. No, I, I don't. I, not even, even if, even if he comes back from this injury, and and he doesn't get injured again, the toll he puts on his body with the high flying. With all of that, I'm talking as a 42-year-old who didn't live a hard lifestyle on my knees, right? I didn't jump off a top turnbuckle. Yes, you did. (laughs) I didn't jump off a top turnbuckle and stomp on people on a regular. I didn't dive out onto, onto concrete on a regular basis. And I get up every morning and my knees yell at me for getting out of bed. Right. Uh, Finn Balor, if he continues to go the way he goes right now, will probably not still be wrestling in 20 years. Right. There will likely not be a celebrating 30 years of Finn Balor celebration. But that's Uh, so I would consider now, listen, when uh, I like I would. Yes, but that's it's just this kind of the example of football players. The, The lifespan career of football players is generally what? eight ten years depending on the position running backs the the average career span of a running back is three years in the nfl jesus it's rough because they put their body through so much quarterbacks can be forever if they're if they have a good line a perfect example is tom brady who's still playing right 20 years now like 2006 i think he started and and you know why he's still playing because he plays in a smart way that he doesn't take as many hits. And when he does take hits, he tries to get the other team penalized for it. <laughs> um, so that so that so, they're afraid to hit him Tex- again. Texans fan holding, holding this anger still. Oh, I, I have more anger towards Peyton Manning. But the simple fact is, you watch Tom Brady, he gets hit. Even if it's a valid play, he looks over at the ref and he acts like, why didn't you throw a flag on that? Right? Because he knows if he can get the the referee to throw a couple flags, that the defense will pull back a little bit and not want to hit him as hard because they won't want to get penalized again, right? But that's the deal. That's why he's still playing, why he outlasted Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. So I'm going to play devil's advocate on on both sides here. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and defend JLB here in one factor or it, with two, maybe three points. The first point being this industry needs support from others in this industry, especially WWE wrestlers from outside WWE wrestlers because they are so, yes, they get a lot more money, um, but the expectations in that particular setup are to remain at the top and if that's the expectation when you're a smaller wrestler that's tough to do um that's the first point the second point is chris jericho got to the top by doing crazy stupid shit 
And once he was at the top, he was able to protect his career. Can we say beyond a shadow of a doubt that right now, Finn Balor, not three years ago, but Finn Balor or five or six years ago when he was in the Bullet, Bullet Club, because that Finn Balor absolutely can come in and do Y2J's countdown setup um, from, from New Japan. Um, Finn Balor, can he current Finn Balor do get to the Chris Jericho level without doing crazy wild stupid shit and not getting a a storyline push he, his best storyline push in WWE has been I'm going to go back to being the prince right. so we're, we were kind of seeing it and he got the push back to the top and he got injured so you know those are the two points there I, I, I think I understand where a wrestler wants to push too hard. I work some weeks, 60, 65, 70 hours a week pushing for the eventual in, in real life, not, not the DA job, um, (laughs) pushing to not have to do that someday and still be equally as successful. Um, so, so and just it, a question on that point. Rough on my family relationships, and it's rough in, in those places. Yeah. So, so on just the, a question that, on that not... post. Just, just a second here. Okay. Question on that exact point there. So, if you had a person who does your exact job but has been doing it for thirty years, right, uh, and doing it at a very high level for thirty years, and at the top of the game, and if they came to you and said, "Hey, I'm telling you right now." that pushing yourself that hard is going to shorten your career, would you at least listen to him? I would know that they were right. Mm-hmm. If I continue to push at this level, the, at yep. the level of productivity that I have right now, mm-hmm. um, I will not be in the industry I'm actually in in real life in five years. I absolutely will not be in the industry mm-hmm. in five years. Um, also, too, because I'll have a high to- school kid. And I want to go to to football games and wrestling matches and stuff, and and I'm just not going to do it. So um, that said, the the other side to that, because I think what's really being said by JLB is the first point I made, and that is stick up for your team. And your team is the industry. And it's the wrestlers, not the promoters, not the people who who are paying the money, but the people who are receiving the money that he's saying stick up for your team you can you can say hey man you got to cut that back you got to cut that back you got to cut that back and you will you will be a hypocrite when you say it because chris jericho has done things like nearly die had kurt hennig a more experienced wrestler at the time not save him so so when- when Kurt um, Henning saved him after that match, do you think Kurt Henning probably talked to him and said, hey, you absolutely. need to work on that? Right. And so, so that's the time to talk in private. So, so again, on Twitter. Again, so, uh, on the other side of that, I will defend Chris Jericho in, yeah, you're damn straight. You make the marks and smarts know exactly what these guys are putting themselves through for us the fans you make them know you make them know that now our fans us as fans have lost out on two finn balor title reigns due to injuries from going too hard you make us as fans know that kyle o'reilly's push just fucking ended 
his first opportunity ended in his last and that's very possible and he'll have to work just as hard to get back to that level again oh and by the way we also won't get Adam Cole Kyle O'Reilly which is what was probably being set up but maybe not we were getting possibly this the setup that we had at the end of it Adam Cole versus new guy I can't remember his name uh, Safari Hunter Boy that's what I'm going with. Oh, uh, by by the way, Safari Hunter Boy, who just injured himself on NXT this week, and now will miss multiple months himself. <laughs> so yes, I do agree with Chris Jericho's point. Yep. Safari Hunter Boy, all of them need to slow it down a little bit. It's okay to do rest holds. Yes, Marks, you have complained about rest holds. It's okay to not have to be um, going off the top turnbuckle 67 times in a match. Um, again, we've seen a couple guys have long careers doing that. Um, you know, uh, uh, Psychosis is a good example. Uh, Ray is a good example. Uh, just retired. Jushin Thunder Liger is a good example but we've seen a lot more in their careers by doing that uh under the same token we've seen a lot of big guys put on boring matches and be Kane for their entire careers never hurt a soul and be around for a really 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 long time um and the best thing that comes out of the match is the storyline because the match itself is boring. And I think what Jericho's saying is there needs to be balance. But I also think you kind of got to stick up for your team and do those types of call-outs behind closed doors. So so I, I will do one final rebuttal, and then we will let the jury uh, pick their sides on this. But, um, uh, Fabe, you're, you're a parent, right? Yep. Um, if Thanks for the confirmation. If, if if you're if, well, I'm I'm more confirming for the listeners so that they okay. know for certain, right? But, okay. <laughs> so so you're out at Target, and um, you're shopping. You've got your son with you. Uh, you're doing something, and then over on one of the aisles, there's another family, and they've got a kid, and that kid's just misbehaving, right? Okay. And and your son starts to follow that kid's lead right do you publicly at that time stop him or do you let him continue to do it and then go home and talk to him later about it now what the, the other kids must be i publicly stop him that's my point there this is chris jericho publicly stopping this this is him saying listen i can't just talk to finn balor and kylo riley behind closed doors maybe i already have talked to them about it we don't know this might have been 10 years brewing you know that that chris jericho has mentored these people for five years and and finally it's just blowing over we don't know i'm not saying he did i'm just saying we don't know right but this is this is him trying to nip it in the bud now because the this butt is for the bud both <laughs> the butt 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 okay um th- this is him nipping it in the bud publicly now by saying listen i want to make this very very clear that i don't think anyone not just finn balor or kyle o'reilly but anyone should feel like they have to go this hard 
to injure themselves, period, right? And by doing it publicly, maybe Sammy Guevara saw that post and thought, hmm, you know, he's got a point. Maybe Darby Allen saw that post and says, you know what? I think he's got a point. Maybe we should try to wrestle a little safer, try to be smart wrestlers, because we just got done celebrating how this guy has had a 30-year-long career, and and he did it by not injuring people on the regular basis and not injuring himself on the regular basis. So, so this is him potentially as the father in the wrestling business now as the old man trying to to publicly stop it from happening because there's only so many times you can say something to your kid at home when they're behaving uh that they're not going to listen to you have to hit them when they're misbehaving you have to say that when they're doing it you have to put them in the timeout or publicly say Listen, if you're going to continue to do that, we're going to put the toy back on the shelf and go home. Just just side note, um, Smarks is not endorsing. I want to clarify, Smarks yeah, is not I, endorsing hitting your child. Yeah, not uh, hitting them that, physically, hitting them with the rebuttal okay. at that. Wanted to make sure yes. that we got that out so people didn't say we were, Im- this podcast endorses child abuse. because it Im- Important. Thank you for pointing it. I thought about it as soon as I said it, but. Um, I but just so- wanted to clarify so that people don't come back and go he said you know we aren't big enough for that but uh, in the event that that our our podcast does get big i don't want to get canceled because of an old episode four years ago (laughs) so so that that's all i'm saying is i i think that in a way this was chris jericho being the parental figure for wrestling saying listen all of you need to see this all of you young people need to see this this was not smart wrestling and I can't go around and one at a time tell everyone this because I am not everyone's individual mentor. But you need to understand that this was not smart wrestling and this is shortening their careers. And there are ways you can have long careers. And I'm going to we're, we're going to take uh, Chris Jericho out of the equation uh, and talk about, you know, Hulk Hogan had a very long career and he was arguably the most popular wrestler of all time. You can't right? compare You and know why would, you can't compare Hogan would tell you that he wished he didn't do as many leg drops. Yeah. <laughs> and Busted up his sure. elbow in his back because of it. And the thing is, too, Jericho and Finn Balor are also very different, not just in fighting styles. Now, this is no way Jericho's fault, but Jericho had another backing. He was great on the mic. He did a lot of his storytelling on the mic. Finn Balor doesn't have that luxury. Okay. And so under that same token, we just did we just did a draft, right? On we not not WWE, of course they did as well. We just did our own draft. Smarks, what mm-hmm. what was the primary um, push for your draft? Work rate. Mm-hmm. So we are still as fans, we continue to reward that. We do. And so, so, so there's so something to be said about fans that we need to we need to appreciate the safe wrestlers as well. Yeah, for sure. And that's I I I would argue that if anyone should be charged in this, it's it's not Chris Jericho should be charged. It's the Smarks should be charged for not understanding. Yeah, and I guess that is your last name, so you can be a smart. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so. No, 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 I mean, so we, 
that even though I was drafting for work rate, I was not the one who drafted Finn Balor. I will say, I'm very glad I brought this up <laughs> to JLB. Yeah. It is JLB's crime, hands I, down. I, I, I'm I, glad you brought I, it up. I will say behind the scenes. To edit things around. <laughs> Yeah, number one, we don't have to edit things. Number two, we may have just had one of the top five segments we've ever done. Because that was genuinely involved in real story. And um, so uh, JLB, what's that? At the end of the day, I do want to just say it is a great debate. Um, I maybe might feel a little bit bad about some of the words I said to Jericho. But <laughs> I, I, I still do think that you know as you I still should got your def- back. you should still you support your wrestlers because it's not the wrestlers necessarily it's also the people behind it like you mentioned again um, like, like i was saying and this is where i come from as a parent and i think uh da fabe can agree with it sometimes the best way to support your team is with a little bit of tough love yeah I agree with that too, though. Yeah. And so, because, you know, Chris Jericho was in WWE the last time Finn Balor got injured at a championship match. So we don't know if if Chris Jericho already talked to him at one point and said, listen, man, you guys, you just, you know, have to learn to not push so hard in these matches. You're worried so much about being spectacular that you're shortening your career that maybe this is just it boiling over but at some point as a parent sometime you have to just say hey listen i know you won't like me saying this but i have to say this right i say i've got a two and a half year old she can't understand half of the things i say but i still have to when she tries to do something stupid like climb on top of the the stationary bike and stand on the the seat and go tada i have to pull her down and say hey listen you can't do that right tiny suicide machines and she thinks that i'm being mean to her and people watching not aware of the context might think i'm being mean i'm sure da fabe has at least one time that he had to talk to his kid who's throwing a fit at walmart right and to everyone walking by, it looks like he's just being mean to the kid for no reason whatsoever. But he's trying to teach him to how to save his own life, you know? Or to just be socially acceptable sometimes. I mean... And to be fair, I'm pretty sure everybody who looks at you weird doesn't have a kid. So to that point, I'm just kind of like, yo, you don't know, though. Get yeah, a kid. Here, here's the thing. You punish a kid in public with parents around... You're getting so judged. long as you're not abusing them, they're gonna. They almost give you a head nod, like for sure, for sure. Parent, my kid has had his nose on a on on a clothing rack at Walmart before. My kid is now seven and don't act up at Walmart. <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> it's a little tough love, and I think that's what Chris Jericho was doing—a little tough love. And here's the deal: if Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly's skin is so thin uh, that that this tough love hurts them, then I don't know if wrestling was the best business for them to be in because this was still pretty lame, pretty tame compared to some of the other stuff I've Side seen. note on that remark. Dollar's um, also done worse, too, by the way, crazier stuff. So uh-huh. he hasn't gotten injured. So it's not to say, oh, he went too crazy this time. I'm sure he's gotten crazier and nothing has happened. Yeah. So, 
but here's the deal. Uh, drunk drivers don't usually crash their car the first oh, time Jesus. they drive drunk. Uh, they do it once, and they get away with it, and then they do it again, and they get away with it. And then they do it again, and this time they're a little more blatant, and they get away with it. And that's what it comes down to. You can say he's done worse, but every time you do something worse and you get away with it, it it escalates, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it's coming down to, is every time you get away with it, you feel like you're invincible and you can do more, right? I mean, Jeff Hardy has put his body through all sorts of hell, right? And probably will not be able to walk after he's 60, right? But he did it because every time he did it, he walked away from it. So then he tries to do something a little bit more outlandish and a little bit more crazy. Um, I mean, Mick Foley's a perfect example, right? Mick Foley can barely walk. And that's because he did something crazy and he got away with it. So then he did something crazier and got away with it and then did something even crazier and got away with it. And if Mick Foley today could go back in time and tell Mick Foley of 1999, hey, maybe don't do this, right? He probably would. He wouldn't tell him not to do the fall off the top of Hell in a Cell because that's what made his career. But he probably would have said no to a lot of the stuff after that. You don't necessarily need to go through the cell later on in the same match. Right. That one, right. that one, you can go ahead and not do. The one fall is enough. So that, that, actually is a great, that is a great point to segue to. We do have actually three total shows we do per week now, um, of which we're doing an entirely Mick Foley one coming up in November. Uh, for four straight weeks, we'll do Mick Foley uh, for Movember. Um, because he's our favorite bearded dresser. So, yep. um, and that would be on Botch Along, which is our weekly watch along, uh, where we watch botches. And I promise you, that match will be on Mick Foley. So, um, if you guys have the jury, this is probably the most undecided still. Uh, we really, really want to hear your opinion. So, uh, Usually, uh, Smarks is doing this, but I'm going to try and get us off this subject uh, because it was a lot of fun, but we're, we could talk for hours on end, and really the opinions we want are yours. So uh, hit Smarks at Raw and Order WBU. And I am at DA Vincent K. Fabe, and JLB is at JLB420. Real Talk Radio is the brand at Real Talk Radio 8. Anchor.fm slash RTR. And by that point, I'm thinking Smarks is probably back in mode of hosting again. So we're going to hand it back over to him. We'll just move on to misdemeanors and commendations. We'll kind of put them together because uh, this this draft going on now um is gonna be a whole bunch of little misdemeanors i think too um like i said before there are a lot of things that i thought were really uh predictable about the way the draft went you know they draft seth rollins and then a couple picks later they draft ray and dominic then a couple picks later they draft murphy you know as soon as they drafted ray uh seth rollins if they really wanted to be surprising, they wouldn't. They would have drafted Ray and Dominic to Raw so that they would have separated them. And they'd be like, "Oh wow, they're not continuing that stupid story." Um, if, if they really wanted to be unpredictable, they'd have separated Ray and Dominic. Yeah, 
Yeah. Or just just drafted Dominic and not draft Ray. <laughs> they're not. We they're really not want Dominic. Teams. We don't want his dad. <laughs> they're, they're they're not exactly an established tag team. No. One match together, and so you could draft one. So you could you could have Raw draft uh, Ray, and then SmackDown come and draft Dominic, and and then that be a storyline of oh my goodness, I don't know if I can do this without my dad in my corner. Um, but I don't know. I guarantee yeah. you there could be tag team champions. I feel like they're going there. If if there's anything good and holy in this world, no. <laughs> well, there's nothing good and holy in this world. We're in COVID times, but. Mis- misdemeanor for even suggesting that we make Dominic a champion of any kind. <laughs> um, Lars Sullivan returned on SmackDown. And will probably be cut out again because there is more um, cases in regards to him um, trying to get an underage woman to show um, ha- some naked photos. I hadn't seen that. Most of the Lars Sullivan stuff was was uh him just being racial a, remarks racial dip oh, no, this is recent dip though yeah, this so is right like, i hadn't heard about the recent stuff but but he returned he uh destroyed some people on smackdown um looked fairly decent and uh had, had a sweet beard which he did actually looked a lot better than the clean shaven scraggly that he had before so and then they announced that he's just going to be added to the raw draft and and that kind of plays into a little misdemeanor and i i don't have an actual solution to the problem uh really drafting people who don't have a home already well or more specifically the draft pools pre-announcing and i had this last year too pre-announcing before the show these are the people that are eligible to be drafted on this show. These are the people that you cannot draft on this show. Um, to me, really kind of pulls a little of the suspense out of things, right? And like I say, I don't really have an answer to how to fix it because the other side of the coin, if you don't have the draft pools, then whichever show the draft starts on should have all of the big names announced. And you go to the second show and it's just all the little guys, right? So do you guys remember free agent Brock Lesnar? The storyline free agent, not the real life free agent Brock Lesnar. A yeah. little when they bit. had him in, when they were bidding for him. I think that's the way to do it. My contract's coming to an end. Storyline with you guys raw. If you want to switch them, just do it that way. I almost think maybe taking something from other pro sports in a salary cap, a a kayfabe yeah. salary cap. That was great. Where yeah, each each brand has a certain budget that they have to stick under. I mean, we we've all seen those on Facebook that says pick your best team. You can have to pick. You have fifty dollars and and yeah, these, oh, yeah. this ten dollars a piece and this rose five dollars a piece and this rose two dollars a piece. How you know? How do you put together your best team? So at that point, you could literally have the storyline that SmackDown is going after the $5, air quotes on it, $5 wrestlers, and letting Raw spend all of their money on the expensive wrestlers. Um, and so SmackDown's trying to pack it up with the up-and-comers, the the new, you know, younger ones, and Raw is taking these more established ones. And that's a storyline you could play. Or even, I like that idea, but just to add to that idea, draft by theme packs. 
if you will. So if you want Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins is in this batch of wrestlers, this batch of five. So yeah, you'll get Seth Rollins, but you'll also get, uh, I don't know, you'll get Dana Brooke, you'll get Sasha Banks, you'll get this. So it kind of makes it more wrestlers going everywhere because this whole round three, this whole three rounds a night of five wrestlers each is silly. I find it just really, really silly. So, so to go after it was actually four rounds, um, oh, but that's me. beside the point. Um, to get to go through it really quickly, round one, Raw chose Drew McIntyre, Oscar, and the Hurt Business. Uh, yep. You know, and then SmackDown chose Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins um, because SmackDown only gets two picks for every three picks for for Raw. Uh, round two, Raw chose AJ Styles, Naomi, and Nia Jackson, Sasha, Shayna Baszler. Excuse me. Um, and SmackDown took Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Round three, Raw took Ricochet, Mandy Rose, Miz, and Morrison. So they're no longer on SmackDown officially. Um, yeah. And SmackDown took Jey Uso and Rey and Dominic Mysterio, which means Roman Reigns' feud with Jey Uso is going to continue. Yep. Um, what? Oh, big surprise there. Round four was where they did the surprise. Raw took The New Day, Dana Brooke, and Angel Garza. SmackDown took Big E and Otis. Um, round five, which was actually announced afterwards on Raw Talk, I think. So this is oh. where you might not have heard it. Uh, Raw took Humberto Carrillo, Drew Gulak, and Tucker. Yes, Drew Gulak. And SmackDown took Murphy and Kalista, which, okay. What? <laughs> Kalisto? Kalisto, yes. Now, I am going to read off the list of people from that pool that were not taken, right? The SmackDown pool. These people are now officially free agents. Elias? Okay. I, I believe you forgot to mention Naomi went to Raw. Did no, you I say did. That? Oh, yep. okay. Just making AJ sure. AJ Styles, Naomi, and Nia Jackson, and Shayna Baszler. Um, uh, which uh, should be a misdemeanor right there because I can actually watch Raw. I don't want Naomi on it. <laughs> You're getting Naomi on it because Naomi hashtag deserves better, or because hashtag Naomi deserves better. I'm gonna so much so that you didn't draft her last week. Yeah, so much so that you didn't don't care. I um, <laughs> I, I uh, start hashtagging Sling TV uh, with hashtag Detective Smarks deserves smack. <laughs> I am down to do that. <laughs> Um, so, undrafted, Elias, Shorty G, Mickey James, and the rest of Lucha House Party, Lindsay Dorado and Grand Matlik. Um, So that means that SmackDown chose Kalisto over Elias, Shorty G, and Mickey James. Um, I'm not saying they chose him over Lucha House Party, although I would say that if, if you are arguing any sort of value for taking Kalisto, you would take him as part of a whole group, right? Yeah. I mean, the simple fact is, if the NFL was allowed to draft three players at once, you better believe each team would would do that at least once, right? Just to get, hey, three players for the price of one. I'll do it. Even if I only want this player, I will draft three, so on the off chance the other two turn out to be something. Anyways, so those people are now officially free agents, which Elias, I see being free agent for this reason alone. He's technically injured. 
Um, he should be back soon, but he's technically injured. But Shorty G, really? Yeah. You drafted Kalisto over Shorty G? Yeah, that's weird. I think Mickey James is technically injured too. I think she injured herself at uh, like a independent show or something. I don't remember what it was. Anyways, going on to Monday night's draft. The draft pool, which keep in mind it being three hours long, will probably have more than five rounds total, which is why the draft pool is bigger. But so we will be seeing drafted uh, from this pool of men, Sami Zayn, Andrade, Alistair Black, Daniel Bryan, King Corbin, Apollo Crews, Daba Kato, Eric, but not Ivar because Ivar is injured, uh, Jeff Hardy, Keith Lee, Riddick Moss, Titus O'Neil, Randy Orton, Kevin Owens, R-Truth, Matt Riddle, Arturo Ruas, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, Tazawa, Bray Wyatt. Of the women, Bailey's up, Alexa Bliss, Carmella, Nikki Cross, Lacey Evans, Charlotte Flair, Billy Kay, Lana, Natalia, Peyton Royce, Tamina, and Zelina Vega. And then finally, tag teams, Street Profits, Cesaro and Shinsuke, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, Miz and Morrison, Retribution, all as one, and Riot Squad. Retribution should be the first draft pick. Yeah, Logically. I mean, from a value standpoint, you're getting five people. You're getting, you're getting full existing storyline and five people. Yes, and it's important to say five people because apparently Mercedes Martinez is officially no longer in Retribution. Oh, really? Uh, her profile has been moved back to the NXT page on uh, WWE.com, and she had never changed her Twitter handle at all. Um, and in all of the stuff that Mustafa Ali has done on Twitter since then, since he was uh, shown as the leader, he she has not been included in any of the pictures. So, which is fine because, like I said before, she's wrestled for like 15 years to establish herself as Mercedes Martinez. Let her be Mercedes Martinez, right? Or T-Bar. But he was the leader. What what I think would be fun is if they just continued to add new leaders. So it's like, oh, you thought Mustafa was the leader? Well, now it's Kevin Owens. Oh, you thought Kevin Owens was the leader? It was Keith Lee the whole time. Oh, you thought Keith Lee was the leader? I think that'd be a fun story. Anyways, uh, notably not on either of the lists, though, Becky Lynch, uh, because she's pregnant and not currently competed, but it's still worth at least mentioning. Uh, Jimmy... Uso and Ivar both injured. Sonya Deville no longer officially under WWE contract. I'm doing the air quotes during that. Uh, Edge and Jinder also injured. Um, Mojo Rawley, for some reason, not on it. He's not injured, just not on it. Uh, Bo Dallas, not on it for whatever reason. I suspect because he's going back down to NXT, but I don't know for certain. That's just a gut feeling I have. Um, some uh, part-timers like Big Show, John Cena, Bill Goldberg, Ronda Rousey, and Undertaker are not on the list. Um, I wouldn't have expected any of them to be on the list, but it's at least noticeable. And um, it's worth noting that the Forgotten Sons apparently got forgotten when they made the list. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I mean, not for them, because, you know. Because the simple fact is, there's, there's no storyline. Oh, and Samoa Joe... 
because he's currently a commentary, they didn't put him on the list, um, I guess. But, but like, Edge and Jinder both being being injured i guess i see why they're not on the list same with jimmy uso and ivar except from a standpoint of um if you're a if you're a blue chipper nfl potential draft pick but you get injured right at the end of your senior year but it's something that you should be back sometime within the next year teams still draft you uh if only so they have first shot at you right so you could have those people on the lists to be drafted and uh, a team pick them as future endeavors you know what i mean um, i mean here's the deal you're about to put the title on randy orton at some point mm-hmm. he's gonna get to 14 like like we know he's gonna tie trips and you have the ability to have a former world champion who maybe has the secret to beating Randy Orton in his life in Jinder Mahal, you definitely want him to be available to be picked up, don't you? Yeah, I I would say just for future endeavors, you'd, you'd grab him. Yeah. I mean, he's I'm got not that saying he's going to be bad forever. I'm just saying he's bad now. <laughs> but, um, but so now going through all this, the, the only like surprising names on it, Dabakato and Arturo Ruas, um, and I don't really say that they're surprising. They both have wrestled on Raw Underground, but neither of them have made in-ring wrestling debuts on Raw or SmackDown officially. Um, so aside from Raw Underground, they've been NXT stars, uh, but they're on the list. But they are the only non-Raw and SmackDown talents on either of the lists. So... Um, I'm going to go out on limb and predict that wherever Bray Wyatt goes, Alexa Bliss follows. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that Carmella stays on SmackDown because they didn't just spend four weeks teasing her <laughs> return to you fuck her know. off the Raw. You never know. Uh, never know for certain, but I, I'd put money on it. Um, oh, okay. I just guess. Um, the tag teams are a little bit uh, weird because... I'm just realizing they listed The Miz and John Morrison as available, but they actually got picked on SmackDown. Anyways. Um, so that's the thing. But, they could also just switch back too, right? So this could all well, just... Because I've done that before. That, oh, there are no fucking rules. They could trade for whatever. You know, I, I they can make up the rules for it. All, all I know is the rules that they've released so far. But... But yeah, I mean, they, they could do it. It it makes no sense for them to move them to Raw if they're going to continue the Otis storyline. So the fact that they did that this week means that either they're going to trade them back to SmackDown or they're going to finish that storyline and move on. I don't know. Um, but like I say, I mean, I would argue that very likely, even though storyline-wise we haven't seen anything, uh, that wherever... Uh, Alistair Black goes that Zelina Vega will follow. Mm. Uh, just very likely. Um, I would say that um, I don't think Keith Lee's going anywhere. I think he's going to be on Raw. I think yeah. he's going to stay on Raw. Um, Is Charlotte spoken of at all? Charlotte's officially on the list for Monday night. Uh, even though she's out Injured. And Andrade is not on. But yeah, Andrade is not on either of those lists as far. Oh no, he was on. He was on the list for Monday too. So I would speculate that wherever Andrade goes, Charlotte goes. Um, 
I think that's probably just likely there. Uh, I would say that I suspect that wherever uh, Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss go, that Kevin Owens is going to go there too, because I have a feeling that that's the way they're going with that feud. I wouldn't be surprised to see Matt Riddle go to Raw. Mm, yeah. Um, if only because the reports are there's there is real life heat between Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins. Oh really? Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I I don't have the whole story in front of me, uh, but but Matt Riddle's wife sent out a tweet at one point uh, referencing how how women in the business don't put in the work, and there's there's a lot of uh, female wrestlers with jiggly parts out there. Um, that just get by on looks alone and included a picture of Becky Lynch in that tweet. What? Wow. And, and first of all, I mean, I, I get it. Becky Lynch isn't the, the fitness model that, uh, has been around before, but she's also by no means jiggly. Right. See, I don't know that I would I would uh, describe Becky's parts as jiggly. And yeah. she didn't get there based off her looks. I'm not saying she's ugly or anything, but she's also just a phenomenal wrestler. Uh, you know, it's not like, oh, okay, Lena is now the WWE champion. Then I would say she got there by looks because Lana cannot wrestle, um, sort of ordeal. But to say that. Uh, to Becky? That's just completely wrong. Was so stupid. So, here's the post. I don't know if this was a tweet or a Facebook post, um, but uh, from uh, Matt Riddle's wife. Calling out multiple main roster divas over the past couple of weeks for being straight, skinny, jiggly fat. Not saying they aren't beautiful, just saying squat. It's funny because there have been multiple female wrestlers that have asked to train with me. Each one of them looks great in their gear. Clearly, they know what they're doing, especially if they want to train with yours truly. All females freaking squat and go hard. I do not have many photos of my rear end and minimal clothing besides these two. Here is a comparison of me, not caring what I look like, just trying to be a strong, decent Olympic lifter, and a mom of three versus two females getting paid a ton of money for how they look. Rant over. And the picture included next to it is uh, Becky Lynch, and then there's another picture that I can't see in this because they didn't do the tweet. Um, but uh, it's, uh, above it, it says something about, like, get pants for your gear. Uh, <laughs> and so because of that, reports have it that Seth Rollins has says he has... Uh, and I guess this isn't even reports. This was uh, on Talking Smack or whatever it was. Uh, no, it's on WWE Watch Along. That's what it was. Uh, but he says, quote, I've got no interest in facing Matt Riddle at any point in my career, so he can go to Raw as far as I'm concerned. Wow. Damn. Fair enough. Yeah. So, no, that's uh, definitely drama field. I would understand that too, for sure. So that's why I say uh, that I can totally see that them putting Matt Riddle on Raw just to keep that locker room a little bit. Uh, that being said, I feel Sami Zayn's probably safe to say on SmackDown. Um, I also say the Hurt Business is probably safe to stay on Raw, just because they've been building that storyline. 
um, especially now with Hurt Business versus Retribution. Um, that being said, I kind of think wherever Retribution goes, Hurt Business goes, which is why I would then say Retribution probably stays too. By the way, uh, commendation since apparently we're previewing the draft tomorrow. Um, and I thought we were doing misdemeanors and commendations here. We are both. Commendation to Killian Dane for actually being entertaining this week. <laughs> I love that tag team. I, I've been, I, oh my gosh, so excited for Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. The the misfit tag teams are always fun. Uh, the storyline with uh, Killian Dane being like, we're not tag partners. You, you didn't get all my messages? You should give me your number so that I'm not sending it over Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was golden. Uh, and This then, is why Drake Maverick needs to be kept no matter what. Yeah. And then uh, he took a right across the face at the end there. Champs. Um, but yeah, no. So, so those are kind of my predictions. I think Bailey's safe on SmackDown especially since they already took Sasha Banks on SmackDown. So that's the feud that's going to continue. No real surprise there. Um, uh, I, If I were to guess, I'd say based on the SmackDown tag champions going to Raw, that maybe the Street Profits are going to SmackDown, but I don't know. They could be. Who knows? ST's on SmackDown as well. Missy ST, so... <laughs> That would work good to keep couples together. Um, at the same time, man, I don't know. I feel like they're also just having all the tag teams on Raw. So I'm just, like, perplexed by what is going to happen. Perhaps SmackDown will get a few tag teams during the Raw draft. Um, but, yeah, SmackDown has, like, just Shinsuke and uh, Cesaro now. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. So, um... But yeah, Which I mean, is, those, way, those are kind of here. things, but like, uh, raise your hand if you have any real interest in uh, where Billy Kay, Lana, or Peyton Royce, or Tamina go. I mean, I like Peyton Royce, but uh, who cares, really? Because they're not part of any storylines. They're not doing anything with them. And, and that's the thing. That's also my other misdemeanor, too. Don't tell me who's available for the draft. Keep it random. Keep it like how it would be a Royal Rumble sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Well, no, well and, I guess I technically do know some of them, but not everybody. I don't want to know who's available. Yeah. Just let me well, know. In the end, that that kind of goes to the problem that I was talking about earlier. I, they, I don't know the best solution for it, but when you have the draft going on on two separate shows, it's tough because you have to, you, you want to have stars still come up on the second show. What, to be perfectly honest, what I think they really should do, and they've got enough pull with USA Network USA or Fox to do a special the special draft a night. Special draft night, and I think that's what they really should do. Oh, it that'd be nice. is yeah. a, a Saturday night draft. You know what I mean? Um, like the NHL or the NFL, how they kind of do it. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in fact, in fact, to do it all up where all of the wrestlers show up in suits and and dresses and whatever um and one at a time the people come out and list their draft pick and the person comes up on the stage to with a to raw shirt smackdown shirt the raw or smackdown shirt or, or the raw or smackdown hat or whatever you know make a big to do out even of have it. somebody you can even have somebody fall in the in the draft like uh, johnny football did mm-hmm. way yeah. way down 
lower than everybody thinks they should be for for whatever mm-hmm. reason and it's because their ego has been out of check for a while or mm-hmm. or you know oh this person's injury prone because they had an injury right not playing on earlier but you know um yeah you know, how, i don't how, know if i want him this high even though he is a champion and he's great have air quotes analysts with their mock draft boards uh, who talk at the oh, beginning, yeah. waiting for the first draft pick, and they say, you know, if I if I was picking first, then I would definitely choose one of these players. They're they're the ones who are going to give you the most bang right off the bat. They're gonna no. I'm gonna say no to that, and here's why: Sam Roberts. Oh, Sam definitely Roberts don't do him. No, I, I, I think you bring in like the guy. Rose I think you bring in outside guys like. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I think you bring in Mike Simon, Rome. Uh, Simon Miller. Simon Miller would be, you know, fun, but I, I think, uh, I think it's the one thing that they did good last year, is by by bringing in legitimate sports commentators. So, so you bring yeah. in Jim Rome. That would be a better one there. Of Jim Rome, bro. This is what you got to do. Okay. Or honestly, you just have, and you have Jonathan Coachman host it. Uh, coach, uh, host it. Jonathan Hostman coach it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, but so, so that being said, I will say a commendation for the draft oh, is just... that they didn't have the stupid Fox and USA Network war yeah. rooms, right? Uh, with the stupid Fox robot in it. <laughs> yeah. But but that's the deal. Is, is I think if they did it as a special night of draft, um, where it all happened and, and you made a big deal out of it, because then you could you could play highlights. You know, so and so gets drafted. Ah, this is a great pick. Check out some of their highlights, and then you show some clips from some of their biggest matches when they do stuff. And you know, he's known for his signature move, the choke slam or whatever. You show it, uh, so hype packages and stuff. I think that would be a better way to do it than splitting it up on two nights on Raw and SmackDown. Um, so also talking commendations, uh, we are going to move over since we spent almost the entire night talking pretty much WWE. Even though we were talking AEW with Jericho, we really didn't talk a lot of AEW. I am going to give AEW a commendation for that fucking dog collar match amazing holy shnikes that was a good match sorry you sweared already on this podcast why would you want to use the s-bomb exactly because i think when you add the word holy in front of it it becomes it it comes harder oh okay i don't know that's that's just a thought process i don't know it's in my head mostly but um, but that that dog collar match, I loved every second of it. Yeah, uh, absolutely amazing. I just watched it today on my PVR, and I was like, wow, this was a really best match that Brody Lee has done on AEW by far. Dare I even say Cody Rose has done on or AEW. Cody Rhodes. Rhodes, excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, my bad. Never going to learn. Hashtag never learning. Hashtag Naomi still deserves more. Yep. But uh, I thought it was a, a great match all in all. Blood pouring from both of them. Uh, they both looked good. I was a little surprised they put the belt back on Cody. And uh, I I understand the critics out there who right now are throwing a lot of shade at AEW for 
putting the belt back on Cody, that they're just doing just like WCW did and and all that stuff. I think a I message th- here. There's a deeper storyline. I think there's a bigger storyline. And I think uh frankly, I think that Cody's gonna be a transitional champion again. Whether it's transitioning back to Brody Lee, um, or he's got a match coming up this week with Orange Cassidy. Um, I don't necessarily think Orange Cassidy is going to win. In fact, what I think is more likely going to happen is that the dark, uh, the yeah, the Dark Order is going to interfere uh, to either help Cody win or at least cause a uh, DQ so that Brody Lee can get his revenge. Um, but that was just such a phenomenal match. Uh, it was so well done. Um, although I'm going to give one little caveat, I really wish one of these damn companies would bring back the dog collar match or the tet strap match or whatever with the rules of going to the four corners yeah because i just want to see it again okay but that's the thing so i was definitely too young probably for the actual dog collar matches but i do remember the wrist strap matches and i know with when you have the wrist straps it used to be the four corners mm-hmm. are you absolutely positive the dog collar matches had that because i felt like Here's the deal is there have been probably a half dozen different rules for dog collar matches. They did go on sometimes with the four corners and then sometimes they were with other rules like this one did. So in the end, wrestling has never been 100% consistent on the rules. We know this, Um, you know, it it used to be that uh, in cage matches, the only way you could win was pinfall or submission inside the cage. And then somewhere or another, they came up with this idea of escaping the cage, which to me, on a side note, I think ruins cage matches. I think the whole point of the cage is that it's supposed to keep people inside it. So uh, if you're making it that you can win by escaping the cage, then fuck, why even have a cage in there in the first place, right? Right. Um, so in fact, I, I think the better option is you lose if you get out of the cage. But that's beside the point. So there have been dog collar matches that have the four corners uh, before. I don't know if it was the predominant rule. Um, I remember the matches. And I just liked... It It told a nice story when, when you could do... Oh, he made it to one corner. He made it to two corner. He made it to three corner. Uh, can he make it to the fourth corner? No, the guy escapes and... And whatever, right? And then, so you've got the suspense that builds up, and then uh, can someone finally do it? Um, but that's a minor caveat to it. I just, I just want someone to do it. I want them to bring it back. But it, that doesn't take away from how good this match was. Yeah, no, this match was absolutely for sure match of the night. Um, and yeah, I would definitely like to see more of that kind of storytelling. They do pretty good with the storytelling um all in general but i don't know man this this whole build up although we haven't seen cody in a while and whatever and he came back i really am enjoying the storyline and it's clearly not over i do think cassidy is gonna win it though uh next week it is the one year anniversary so i don't think you're just gonna have cody keep it that i feel like they're gonna have to do something big i i wouldn't be surprised either way i I just somehow or another think the feud between Brody Lee and Cody is not over. And I think there's going to be a rubber match. Now, it might be a rubber match not for the championship. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I feel 
Um, I also want to give a slight commendation to uh, Kenny Omega's interview. Um, Alex Marvez was interviewing him about the tournament they have coming up. Um, of course, the winner of the tournament it, it becomes number one contender for whoever is the world title holder at the next pay-per-view. Um, and uh, it was a great storyline setting up moment because Kenny Omega's uh, giving his interview. And he says, you know, I'm just going to win. These people aren't going to be prepared for you. It doesn't matter who wins the tournament. It could be Hangman Adam Page or it could be Hangman Adam Page. or I mean, even Hangman Adam Page could win it and I'm still going to beat him for it. And so there's this storyline of of just building up that that uh, Omega is just obsessed with. Now I have to beat Hangman Adam Page. Uh, I think it's going to lead to them feuding not with the title and just feuding for themselves um, for a short period of time and eventually hopefully we'll get to see the cleaner Kenny Omega come out <coughs> and was it just me or did Kenny Omega look like fat he did look a little chubby on this but I don't know the The simple fact is keeping in mind he hasn't really wrestled in a month or so I mean since they lost the tag titles and so maybe uh, maybe he's just taking a little bit of a rest time, and then he's gonna get back into into fighting shape for this. Or I don't know, maybe it was just a trick of the camera. But I mean, he was wearing a t-shirt, and t-shirts can be a little loose, and maybe um, I don't know. <laughs> it's his face, though. Yeah, but I guess I see what you mean, though, for sure. But like, he just seemed a little uh, a little extra, uh, just a little extra chubby. That's all. But, but I, if my big commendation on it is for the promo. I think the promo was was spot on. Where, you know, he's delivering a promo about the tournament, but the promo really is just about how much he wants to beat Hangman Adam Page. That's it, because he mentioned it like three, four times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was great. But I think that's all the commendations I have, and we went over the the draft and everything. So anyone else got anything to add? I probably did, but you talked so long that I forgot. Amen. <laughs> no, no, I didn't have anything. It was just me with the tag team. The tag team, uh, the fact that all the tag teams are on Raw now um, was just odd to me. But, of course, they can always just change that up next week. And um, just the fact that it should have been random. So I kind of talked about them uh, while you were uh, while we were discussing everything. But, yeah, I just feel like they should make the draft more random. Um, just because I honestly haven't liked the draft since maybe they did it the first two times where it was complete random and we didn't know. Uh, and it just added more suspense. So that's what I'm looking for. But WWE is known to not give suspense nowadays. That's that. And accommodations goes to KO because he's still awesome. And that uh, and that uh, and that thing between her uh, and uh, Jesus, the fiend was just epic. Uh, but between uh, KO and the fiend was epic with Alexa Bliss being there. <coughs> Really awesome, and I imagine KO is now going to go to SmackDown um, for that, or maybe the Fiend and Bliss, Bliss come to Raw. I would prefer that because then I could watch them, and it would help make up for the fact that Naomi's on Raw. <laughs> um, also, just I was thinking about this. Spill the glow. I, the glow. I, I I do want to give a small commendation to Will Hobbs for. Uh, putting in a really good performance against Brian Cage. Um, oh, yeah, that was also a pretty good match too, actually. Yeah. Uh, well, welcome to the big leagues, Will. 
looked really good on that. So um, the uh, 30 years congratulations uh, hype packages that they had that had like Slash and Dennis Miller and uh, New Japan star Hiroshi Tanahashi and a bunch of other people showing up in it. Um, th- those were fun. Uh, uh, Shaq, DDP, Gene Simmons. Dudley was technically the well. Yeah. <laughs> Not saying anything, right. just drinking champagne. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, those hype packages were fun. Um, so that was cool. But in the end, uh, uh, I d- would like to say that um, as much as they hyped up the Luther uh, and Serpentico versus Chris Jericho and Jake Hager match, really not as much fun to watch as as it could have been uh they really should have just had jericho deliver a promo you know a a congratulations ceremony or something just to lead up to the mjf bit because that was the real thing that i was fun to watch yeah no for sure and uh i hate so yeah they're definitely going to be feuding but honestly they should have just started it when jericho was like i hate clowns and like you should have just kept it going like that's it and just start the feud there but whatever they're still gonna tease it a little bit more and whatever and it's just gonna be awesome i just can't wait for it to officially start because it's gonna be probably the best promos we ever get uh in aew and that's not saying that aew can't do bad can't do good promos but it's just the fact that mjf and chris jericho are awesome and that's gonna be a good time but yeah so on that note i think we'll start to wrap things up here unless either of you have anything more to add no then we will we will uh remind everyone to like share and subscribe to the podcast follow us on twitter we already talked about you can follow me at raw and order wbu uh you can follow da fabe at da vincent k fabe but i probably won't see it and jlb is at at jlb420 real talk radio is the brand at real talk radio 8 anchor.fm slash rtr for all the other streamies and uh that's it um we also have our patreon.com slash raw and order wbu you can go there support us for three bucks a month get access to all of our sweet perks and and uh our patreon reviews of classic pay-per-views and our discord server and all that you can go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order wbu to get some sweet uh merchandise and support us that way um and like i said the easiest and cheapest way to support us is just sharing this podcast with your friend on social medias so help us out help us get into some more ear holes for that we're going to close the books thanks for listening and we will see you soon ciao